0: Occult crimes, paranormal investigations, urban legends, and strange happenings. Welcome to Myths, Magic, and Murder.
1: Hey,
0: welcome back to Myths, Magic, and Murder.
1: This is episode 32. I'm Abby.
0: I'm Kate, and we'll be your
1: ghostesses on this this shouldn't be the part that you struggle with the most <laughs> no. you don't have to say that no one's all making i you want say to it.
0: i feel like the people will be sad if i don't uh on this spooky evening there we go
1: it's still sunny i don't know if it qualifies as being spooky okay anyway it's, it's
0: as spooky as you want it to be ab
1: that's very true what are
0: you covering today kate i am covering the cecil hotel
1: Ooh spooky. Oh yeah, this is a hotel themed episode for no real reason.
0: We miss going to hotels, so we thought we would cover the worst ones so that we don't miss going to hotels.
1: Yeah, I'm covering the Murder Castle by H. H. Holmes. Mine's Ooh. also known
0: as the suicide Hotel. Okay this isn't
1: more- <laughs> this <laughs> isn't a
0: competition just to Ooh. get you guys more hyped about mine.
1: <laughs> Murder castle versus suicide hotel.
0: Who <laughs> will win?
1: Well, mine is built by H.H. Holmes, who was America's first serial killer. Very cool. Beat that. You want to talk about the stream? Yes. So on Saturday
0: coming, I do not have a clue what date that is. Abby will look it up right now and tell you.
1: Is it the 20th?
0: Possibly. If a Saturday is the 20th of June, then it'll be this Saturday. It's the 20th. Yeah. 7pm GMT. We will be streaming on Twitch. Uh, We'll put the link and everything closer to the time so that you guys don't forget because if your memory is anything like ours, you will. And we will be playing The Last of Us Part Two, so the new release game. You can come if you like games, come if you don't, come if you just want to hear us chat shit for however long it's going to be. If you want to critique my gaming ability, then turn up.
1: Okie dokie, I will get into my story. So today I'm talking about something that I've wanted to talk about for a little while. And that's The Horrifying Maze, built by H.H. Holmes. You might have heard of the story before, as it served directly as the inspiration for Season 5 of American Horror Story. So did mine. I was going to say, I know your story is also related to it. Maybe that's the theme. Maybe (laughs) that's our favourite season, so we just... (laughs) You know what? It it. is
0: my favourite season, so...
1: It's definitely one of my favourite seasons. Really good. Okay, my sources are science.howstuffworks.com, biography.com, Uk. All oh, that's interesting, Wikipedia and history.com. Mm-hmm. So I'll start with a little bit of background on H.H. H. Holmes because he's a pretty interesting guy. He was born as Herman Webster Mudgett in 1861. His family was normal, they were farmers, and he had four siblings. He worked as a farmer with his family until he was 16 and he graduated from high school. And then he started working on teaching jobs and he met his first love, Clara. The two had a son together, Robert, who was born on your birthday, Oh, cool. in 1880.
0: Well, yeah, I figured that he wasn't 22 now, just milling about. He could be. He's not. You just told me.
1: Probably isn't. <sighs> he could be. I'm not going to. It's pointless. Just move on. <laughs> Holmes became an accountant and he was the city manager Rolando Orlando for a while. And he tried a little bit of every, everything. Like Right after this, he went to uni where he was like, actually, this isn't really for me. So instead he entered a different university to learn about medicine and surgery, which would go on to be his greatest passion in more of an uncomfortable way. Yeah. Yeah.
0: A horrible hobby rather than a fun outlet.
1: Whenever you talk about these people and they're like, oh, I love medicine. I'm like, don't.
0: Yeah, like, I love the occult and also anatomy. And I'm like,
1: no, please don't combine
0: those two things. (laughs) You shouldn't have an unhealthy obsession with anatomy ever, really. Like, I feel like... It's something that you can just be like, oh, cool, we've all got bodies. Or like, oh, cool, that's how surgery works. But you don't have to be like studying the exact way that surgeries are performed. You know, like just get another hobby.
1: Maybe. PSA to everyone who is uncomfortably interested in anatomy. Yeah, just stop it. it. (laughs) Well, to talk about anatomy a little bit more. While he was studying, he worked in the anatomy lab alongside his studies. Now, Holmes was a massive con man. He was involved in a lot of fraud schemes and scammings, and he was the subject of more than 50 lawsuits in Chicago alone. In fact, while he was working at the anatomy lab, he was actually taking out insurance claims on the cadavers, and then he mangled the corpses so they looked like they'd been in an accident, so he claimed the money.
0: I know it's not good, but that's really clever.
1: I guess it is. I mean, I imagine he was fairly good at it if he was at law law school, medical school. Yeah. But it's still really gross and uncomfortable.
0: Well, yeah, he's obviously just a psychopath, isn't he? Like...
1: Yeah. Later on, he started working in a drugstore, where a boy died after taking medicine that he'd purchased at the store. Holmes obviously denied having anything to do with this, and he immediately changed his name to Henry Howard Holmes and fled the city. He abandoned his wife and his son. Then he arrived in Chicago, where he started using his new name, and he married a new woman named Mitra. Named what, sorry? Mitra. Okay. Mitra. I couldn't quite find a pronunciation. I was Googling, but you know when it, you put it in translate to try and get a pronunciation, and then some British woman just goes like, Mitra. Yeah, or like, it's super quick, like, Mitra. And I'm like, sorry, yeah. huh? <laughs> How do you say this? And then I mean, I type it into YouTube, and I'm like, trying to find an interview with someone with the same name. It doesn't ever work. Yeah. So he had some previous experience, obviously, at being at a drugstore, so he was fairly good at it, and he proved himself to be a hard-working employee. The woman who owned the store had a husband who was dying of cancer, and they were living in the apartment above the shop, Uh so she was having a pretty hard time caring for both him and the store. So Holmes was like, I can help you, I can buy this place, and you can still live upstairs if you want. And they were like, yeah, sure, that sounds great. And then shortly after this, the woman who owned the store before him suddenly, mysteriously moved to California. So him and his wife moved into the vacant apartment upstairs. Which is oddly convenient. Is anyone sure that she actually moved to California? Nope. Anyway, <laughs> it wasn't long before his wife moved out, though, because she was pregnant and she wanted to live with her parents. And Holmes often visited her and her daughter, Lucy. Is
0: and her daughter or their daughter? Their daughter, right. sorry.
1: This didn't really bother him. In fact, it was pretty great because it gave him the freedom to pursue a new goal. He decided that he wanted to buy some land that was across the street from the drugstore. It was a large plot of vacant land and Holmes decided that he wanted to build a two-story mixed-use building for retail spaces and a new drugstore and some apartments in it. After a few years of construction, Holmes decided that he wanted a third floor added so that he could use it as a hotel for the World's Columbian Exposition, which was a fair to celebrate. Christopher Columbus, or something about the New World. And he did that because he knew people would invest in it, basically. Okay. Because it was going to be successful. Right. And the building was huge. So the locals referred to it as the castle. It had 60 rooms, and Holmes was the architect. And he switched builders frequently so nobody questioned the obscure design. Oh. Yeah, well, here's where it gets a little bit messy. I like that he said, um, I like
0: that you said he switched builders like frequently so that no one was like, oh, weird. Why is he building this? But then literally the Winchester house, she was just like, and I want a bathroom on top of the television. And they were
1: like, "Okay, no questions asked, crazy lady. (laughs) I was thinking about that, but I guess she was so like well known and and rich and like everybody thought she was crazy anyway. So I guess they were just like, we'll keep doing it if you keep paying us. Like if this guy was just like. Now, build a tomb. They'd yeah. be like, um, no. I love anatomy, build a tomb. <laughs> yeah. Well. Yeah, he switched as, He switched builders every now and again, but since he was the one who designed it, he designed it so that the guests got a little more than they bargained for. It had soundproof rooms and mazes of hallways, some of the hallway mazes led to nothing. Kind of like the Winchester Hotel, except with more sinister undertones. Mm-hmm. There were rooms with hinged walls and fake partitions. Rooms that were linked with secret passageways and airtight rooms that were connected to pipelines filled with gas so that he could use them as gas chambers.
0: Oh my god.
1: Yep, really grim. The rooms had like chutes and trap doors, kind of like you use for laundry in a hotel, Mm -hmm. except he would use it to drop his victims straight into the basement where he was keeping vats of acid, quicklime, and a whole crematorium to efficiently dispose of the bodies Jesus well when I think when he was building it I saw this story was quite confusing to piece together because the timeline was so all over the place from Mm -hmm. different sources but I saw from a few of them that when he was getting the furniture and stuff everyone was like why do you need that and he was like for glass blowing except it wasn't the right size for glass blowing
0: but no one questioned it
1: no not really
0: Fair enough. I guess you can't be like, no, I'm not going to sell you this very expensive piece of equipment because I don't know what you're using it for. Well, exactly. sell the product.
1: If the bodies were in good enough condition, Holmes would dissect them because obviously he knows how to do that. Unhealthy obsession with anatomy. Yep. And then he would sell their organs and bones on the black market and to medical institutions.
0: That's good money. Kate. (laughs) It is.
1: I'm not condoning it. Oh, yeah. He knew what he was doing. Well, I kind of figured that he had a pretty good amount of money because he was so good at crime. Yeah. He knows what he's doing with organs and bones, and he knows how to commit fraud very well.
0: Oh yeah, there's nothing stopping this guy.
1: He was also very charming, as they all seem to be. In general, most people who stayed at the hotel were women, so he would seduce them before he killed them. One of his earliest victim- 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 <laughs> Vitamins- victims was a woman called Julia and she was living at the castle with her daughter and her husband and her husband worked in the pharmacy selling jewellery
0: so what is the murder castle actually called because I'm sure he didn't he wasn't like here it is the brand new murder castle
1: I cannot find out the name of this building I think it's because it's debated whether it's actually a hotel or so the bottom floor is definitely shops right and then there's two more floors And it's debated as to whether the middle floor was just like the torture rooms and the top floor was apartments or whether it was like uh, shops, apartments and then a hotel or whether it was the top floor wasn't finished. Like it's kind of no one fully knows. So if there were shops at the bottom, how did the chutes lead to the basement? Because of the way it was built, it was just... Shape different, I
0: guess. It was just within the walls, so you just wouldn't know. Oh, so I guess, like, there could be like a tiny bit cut out of, like, the shop, and you're just like, oh, that's for the chimney, but it's like a chute. Yeah, exactly. Right, okay. Which is really gross to think about, but... Yeah, you could just be, like, buying your loaf of bread. That's horrible. Body sliding down the chute next to you. <laughs>
1: you're like, what's that? that a really big rat. Thunder! <laughs> yeah, so... I I'm not fully sure, so I don't know what it was called. I don't know whether the hotel wasn't finished, so it just didn't have a name, or whether the name wasn't fully documented because everyone just calls it the castle. So right, okay. For him, it was just a building. Sorry, I wasn't trying to trick you out. No, it's fine. It's a valid question. I just I was trying to find a name for it. I thought it was called the name of the fair that he was building it for. Right. But then it, I don't think it was. Okay. So hit me up if you know that. (laughs) You have
0: a weird knowledge of the murder castle, then let us know.
1: Yeah, so Julia's husband worked at the pharmacy. And Holmes seduced and charmed her, and they began having an affair. And she fell pregnant with Holmes' child, so her husband left her and their daughter at the castle. Holmes convinced her that he would marry her if she got an abortion, that he would perform on her.
0: Oh no... Which she agreed to. Oh no, Julie. Julia. Julia. Julia.
1: Instead, on Christmas Eve of 1891, he killed her and her 12 year old daughter, Pearl, with chloroform. And he told anyone who asked that she'd just left town. Pearl. Pearl. I he said Pell. I was like, who's that? <laughs> Holmes then dissected the bodies and sold their skeletons to medical schools. Jesus. He repeated this process with another woman, Minnie Williams, after he offered her and his sister jobs at the hotel, and he also killed her sister as well. And he did it again with another woman named Emmeline. Oh, there's a fly in the room. <laughs> Get Sorry. Out. Sorry, it's so distracting. They're so loud. Sorry <laughs> if you can hear a huge fly just on my mic at some point. Do you remember when that happened? That was gross. Punch the mic. So Minnie was somewhat wealthy, and she had a house in Texas that she wasn't living at. And (laughs) Holmes convinced her to transfer the deed to the property in Texas to a guy called Alexander Bond, which was just Holmes under a different name. And she agreed. Why? Yeah, so in 1894, just two years after he opened the castle... He was confronted by detectives and creditors who caught on to him, his being just strange and fraudulent. And insuring companies were threatening to prosecute him. And obviously, he had that house because he'd killed Minnie. Now he has the house. Yeah. So he just left, moved to Texas, and moved in with his new wife, Georgiana. And the wives didn't know about each other. So at this point, he has three wives.
0: My goodness.
1: He's a very busy guy. It's crazy as well because,
0: I mean, it's, like, the trademark of a psychopath to just keep going. But, like, once he's got this entire murder castle, why are you getting property in Texas? Like, for what? You're making a good living selling, you know, black market organs. And, like, you've got this entire lot of land with, like, shops. And you're obviously going to be getting, like, rent or money or whatever from the apartments.
1: I guess it was probably just power as well, though. Like, sure, maybe he started out doing this because I presume he was very wealthy at this point. Yeah. But he doesn't stop. And he planned to build another murder castle in Texas, which he wasn't able to do because he was caught before that. But he was going to do it again. So I presume he was just like enjoying the power and enjoying getting this money and enjoying killing people and using them for cash or. Yeah. whatever his motive was, I presume it was just money because of everything else he was doing. It wasn't like he was just killing people for the sake of it. Weird, weird guy. <laughs> That's one way of putting it. <laughs> Psychopath. He's a bit of a weirdo, isn't he? So, Holmes, when he moved to Texas, had taken his assistant with him, who was called Benjamin, and They created a plan together where they would put life insurance on Benjamin and then Benjamin would fake his own death so they could claim insurance money.
0: Benjamin, stop it.
1: And Holmes wanted to go along with this, obviously, except he wanted to make the death a little bit less fake and more real. So the plan was for Benjamin to set himself up in Philadelphia as an inventor under a new name. And Holmes was supposed to go and find a body that looked sort of like him, and kind of mess it up a little bit and be like, oh my god, Benjamin. Yeah. Instead, Holmes killed Benjamin with chloroform and set him on fire. Oh my god. He did get what he wanted, though, because he collected that life insurance payout, and he decided that he wanted to go and manipulate Benjamin's wife into letting him have custody of her kids. Which she did.
0: Oh, for crying out loud.
1: The idea here, I think, was that he was telling her her husband was still alive, and that he would take the three kids on a little road trip and they would go see him. Don't give the kids to him. And his his wife also didn't know anything about this. She was just at home. So she gave the kids to him. No. No. It's one of those stories, is it, where you're just like, why? Why did they do that? Yeah, and
0: like, I get it. He was probably an all right looking, very charming man with like a lot of money. He's like established wherever he goes, you know,
1: but like. Why? (laughs) No. Well, during the trip, Holmes was renting houses kind of as he went along. So he was renting this place in Toronto and police were assigned to investigate this fishy-looking situation. And while doing this, they discovered the bodies of two of Benjamin's children in the cellar of the Toronto house. So the detectives followed Holmes to Indianapolis where he was renting a cottage as he was passing through. And while he was there, Holmes killed the third of the three children, oh, and he burnt his body. Jesus. But the Pinkertons started tracking him, and they caught him in 1894.
0: Do you want to explain what the Pinkertons are?
1: Why don't you explain what the Pinkertons are? Do you know what the Pinkertons? Are? I do, but I need to have a glass of water because I'm going to cough oh, okay. directly into the microphone.
0: Uh, so the Pinkertons were like, they were kind of like private detectives, except they worked with the police so there wasn't really a police force as there is now um so like some states or like some towns or whatever wouldn't have the police so the pinkertons would do the job like you would pay them to do it but when there was a police force they had to give all of their information to the police and work alongside them but yeah they were kind of who you went to if you wanted like shit found out
1: and shit was in fact found out (laughs) Following the discovery of the children's bodies, they investigated the murder castle as well, and they put Holmes on trial. And he confessed to 27 murders, but a lot of his confessions were mostly nonsense because he confessed to killing people who didn't die and weren't dead. So nobody's sure how many people he actually killed. At one point, he said he was possessed by Satan.
0: Nice. Get out of jail, free card.
1: Yeah, but he was still sentenced to death by hanging in 1896 at 34 years of age.
0: It's absolutely crazy, like, you're saying he's the US's first serial killer.
1: Yeah. But, like... Documented, I guess, at least.
0: Yeah, but, like, it's so crazy because that's so recent in the grand scheme of things. Yeah. Like, 1890 is when he was found. So, like, is when they knew that he was killing people.
1: Yeah, I can only presume that it was, as I said, the first sort of documented... Well, I mean, it also depends on what you think
0: serial killing is, like when the colonials would go over to native lands and just murder everyone.
1: Yeah, I think it's different as well because obviously now everything is a lot more documented. I feel like crime is a lot, people know it happens. Well, I think we've got a lot more
0: subcategories of crime now. Yeah. Because there are so many crimes and we've got like specific task forces for each sort of crime. But it's just mad. That that's the first the first time that everyone was like, this is a different t- type of killer.
1: Maybe it was because of how elaborate everything was. It kind of changed how they saw it. Maybe, I don't know though, because at the time, like, when was Jack the Ripple? That was around a similar time, wasn't it? He must have
0: been the first male serial killer, right? Because Elizabeth Bathory was before this, was she
1: not? Yeah, but would she have been counted? She's in the Guinness
0: Book of World Records as the first female serial killer. The most prolific female serial killer.
1: Fair. I guess maybe they just didn't know that at the time. Maybe they didn't count that at the time. You're giving us false info here. Wait. No. (laughs) Sorry, carry on. So he he was sentenced to death and he showed no fears or emotions during this. But he did ironically ask for his coffin to be filled with cement and buried 10 feet deep in case people dug him up to dissect him. He was afraid of it all along. Yeah. And that's that. That's crazy. What do you think? That's so funny
0: that you didn't want people to dissect him. But he was literally doing it to everyone.
1: Right, that whole time he was dissecting tons of people, selling their organs. Maybe he saw
0: some nasty stuff and he was like, nah, man.
1: I can't have this happening Keep to me. Keep that
0: in me because I'm
1: not going through that. Well, yeah, that was that story. Wow. I do find it quite interesting. It was interesting,
0: Yeah. I like that it was more about him than the murder castle, you know, because that was just like one chapter in his book of
1: being a menace, really. Pretty much, yeah. There's a lot on him that kind of sums it all up. Yeah. No, it's interesting. but it's hard as well because it is old and, like, I think it was so different at the time that the media probably blew it out of proportion a little bit. So, like, there are some things that were reported and then other people were like, that didn't happen. You know, there was talks about there being different torture chambers and, like, a room with, like, blow torches in it and stuff. But I I didn't see them on multiple sites, so I kind of just wrote what I saw from multiple sources because otherwise I was like...
0: Yeah, well, it's all going to be, like, "Hmm." unless you can get the archives of, like, newspapers that were around at the end of you know the 1800s (laughs) you're not gonna know yeah it's it's just gonna be word of mouth or whatever
1: well exactly and I don't know what the exact layout of the building is because I mean I'll try and find blueprints or something to put on social media but like an estate agent's floor plan (laughs) yeah but it's it's pretty hard because of like the time and I guess people were more like oh my god this is crazy then we should really document the layout of this building yeah definitely it's like documenting like
0: crime scenes and stuff at the time it was just like oh my god and like everyone was trying to like take photos and stuff whereas now it's like okay we need to like document each bit yeah keep it all preserved and whatever
1: well i imagine if that happened now like surely they would do you think they would destroy it or do you think they would keep it because it's it's been destroyed it's a completely different thing now uh i think it would depend um
0: it would probably be destroyed it's like how um in the natasha campush one they were gonna destroy it and then she was like no and then she bought it you know it might be like a similar kind of thing like benjamin's wife might have just been like i want that you know yeah that's fair i mean he didn't die in it but you know what i mean if you found out that your loved one had died in it maybe you would i don't know want to keep it so they're like felt closer to them or something
1: i can only imagine what a weird kind of place that would be yeah if you could visit it
0: oh god yeah it would be so so uh, just depressing to be
1: in yeah how do you even come up with a floor plan like that
0: meticulous detail (laughs) i imagine
1: okay you got anything else to add before we move on because i don't want to do the scare scale for this because it doesn't feel necessary fair enough it's terrifying and it happened guarantee <laughs> how like in a list of sort of like serial
0: killers where would you sort of place him that's Be- a good question because obviously like serial killers have changed as the times have changed you know
1: relatively high yeah I think it's a question that you'd have to really think about because, like, there are so many serial killers and so many that I probably haven't heard of from, like, different countries and stuff. Oh, yeah. Because I feel like like, serial killers that we know very well are mostly American or British. Yeah. Well, they have the most worldwide press. Exactly. So I don't know, but I think the act of building a house, like a, a building... With all of these tunnels and stuff, regardless of whether he did the torture things, he definitely at least created that basement. He was definitely selling organs. He he created a building where you were designed to just get lost in. So he could kill you. Uh, Some articles were saying that he had, like, alarms and stuff. So if you left the room, he would be... Like, alerted. Alerted. Again, I don't know how true that is, so I didn't write it down, but, like... That's horrible yeah the fact that he built it and he was designing it and he was like actually i'm gonna make this a really fucked up place where i'm gonna kill people and then dissect them is like it's crazy so
0: pretty high up it's so weird to think as well like he would just be like sat over a table like drawing out and then he'd be like oh no you know the murder shoot needs to go right into the vat of acid so like i'll do that and it's like it would have just been so normalized to him as he was doing it
1: exactly it's not like a spontaneous thing. And when he was killing these people as well, he was planning it. You know, when he was going to kill that woman and his sister, he was like, okay, how about you sign me this house? Oh my God, we'll be so happy together. Yeah. And then he killed her. It's crazy.
0: And like, needless as well. Like, he didn't need to kill those three kids.
1: Exactly. I mean, he
0: didn't need to kill anyone, but like, that was just pushing it. He'd already killed Benjamin, who was obviously the first target.
1: Yeah, he could have just said... He could have just left. So his wife. You know, Benjamin's doing great. He's in this place. He'll come and contact you when he's ready. Well, not only that, he could have literally just left.
0: Like, he's done it before. He just packed up and left. He didn't have to tell her anything.
1: He didn't have to take the kids on a road trip around Canada. Yeah,
0: no, that's just horrible. But,
1: yeah, well, time to
0: shamelessly self-promote after yep. that.
1: <laughs> well, that is that. If you want to see any of the photos from this, you can go do that at Myths Magic Pod on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. It would be great if you could support us by giving us a follow, sharing some stuff, commenting, you know, the fun things. You know how it is. Also...
0: Uh, we do pre-release information on what the next episode is going to be over on Patreon. We don't have any tiers anymore. We've mentioned this a few times now. So if you want to head over there, you can give us however much you want a month. It can literally be like a dollar a month. It doesn't matter to us. It's just knowing you, that you're there and supporting us. And if you've got any haunted happenings, scary stories or terrifying tales, you can email us at, at or you can DM us. Well yeah, you can DM us as well, but you've already given that (laughs) that information.
1: Follow us on Instagram for a little (laughs) go. Okay.
0: Okay, shall I uh,
1: get straight into it? Get straight into it, Kate. As some people say. Get Kate into it. Get Kate into it? Get Kate Ramswood straight. Oh.
0: God, I wish I did this alone. <laughs> my sources for this week are Wikipedia, dot News.com.au, la.curb.com, nyconnect.my.gov, filmdaily.co, and Listverse. So this week, my topic is the Cecil Hotel. It was built in 1924, just off 7th and Main Street in Los Angeles. Los Angeles. I don't know why I said Los Angeles.
1: Oh, now you're pronouncing American places <laughs> wrong.
0: Right. The hotel has 299 hotel rooms and 301 single room occupancy residences.
1: Oh, I want to point out here, I know we've covered hotels before. We now know how hotel room numbers work.
0: I think we mentioned that the episode after to apologize, but... Yeah, we um. which episode was that?
1: It was the one with the Stanley Hotel. We were just... Oh, yeah. We we, we (laughs) forgot how hotels were. We were like, how are there this many rooms? And then people were telling us on Instagram, like, that's...
0: Like, you're an idiot. Yeah,
1: (laughs) being really dumb.
0: Okay, so for those that don't know, a single room occupancy is a form of housing aimed at people with low or minimal incomes. So, like, instead of our version of, like, a council house, these people just get, like, the equivalent of ours sort of student dorms, I guess It's like one small room and then you've got a shared kitchen toilet and bathroom and you pay rent
1: so this is how it works in America
0: I believe so yeah oh, okay I think this form of, of residence is dying out, but
1: they do exist or yeah. they have existed yeah. at some point okay
0: so yeah, 299 hotel rooms, 301 single room occupancy residences just to clear that up. It was originally built by William Banks Hannah as a tourist hotspot. The lobby is marble and has stained glass windows, potted palm trees and a beautiful alabaster statue. I think there's more than one, but in the photo, I just saw one. William built here because he was sure the hotel couldn't flop due to there being other similar hotels nearby that were doing just really well. What he wasn't expecting, however, was the Great Depression within five years of him building it. That's really depressing. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. within five years of of the Hotel Cecil opening, the Great Depression hit. So the nearby area, known as Skid Row, became more and more favourable with travelling or homeless communities. So these were not... It wasn't where you wanted to go for a tourist hotspot anymore.
1: That's such a shame. Yeah. Man just built it. Yeah. Well, I think
0: originally they were all hotel rooms... And then this happened, so he was like, you know what, we'll just make it single-room occupancy residences That's as well. fair
1: enough. That makes sense.
0: Yeah. I can't imagine he was getting 600 people when it's, like, right next to Skid Row. Really. Anyway, that's not why you're here listening to Myths, Magic, and Murder. Let's get into the grey stuff.
1: I like to hear about history, Kate. <laughs> I always give way
0: too much history information, but I just want to make sure that you guys all know.
1: I like to hear the history.
0: Okay, so... W.K. Norton was 46 years old on November 19th, 1931 when he was found dead in his room. He'd checked into the Hotel Cecil one week before this date. His death was down to the poison capsule he'd self-medicated with. This was the first of many deaths at the Hotel Cecil. Ooh. Flash forward one year, September 1932, a maid at the hotel walked into, into cleaner room one morning and found Benjamin Dodich, a 25-year-old man, in a pool of his own blood. His body was next to the gun he'd used to put a bullet through his own head. He left no suicide note. The suicide note thing was kind of made up a couple years later in July 1934 when Louis D. Borden, a 53-year-old ex-Army Medical Corps sergeant, sergeant, sorry, left several suicide notes. Several? Yeah. I don't really know why he left several. Maybe they were like drafts. But, yeah, before slashing his own throat with a razor. Oh, that's really grim. <sighs> yeah, I think it's got to be one of the worst ways to go. For sure. Yeah, but he stated in one of his suicide notes that it was due to ill health or something. That he was just ending it, so. Yeah. In March 1937, Grace E. Magro fell out of a ninth-story window. Luckily for her, she fell into telephone wires which wrapped themselves around her body and subsequently broke her fall. Regardless though, she still died later in hospital from her injuries. No one knows whether it was a suicide attempt, an accident, or something more sinister. Spooky. January 38, as in 1938. 35- the 38th of January. <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> uh, 35-year-old Roy Thompson, US Marine fireman jumped from Cecil's top floor. His body was found on the neighbouring building Skylight. May 39, Erwin C. Neblet, a 39-year-old Navy officer, ingested poison in his room. January 40, 45-year-old Dorothy Skyger, a teacher, ingested poison in her room.
1: You would not want to be a maid here? God,
0: no. That's way more clean-up than you're expecting. Then in September nineteen thirty-four, nineteen no, forty-four, 1944, sorry, Dorothy Jean Purcell, who was a 19-year-old, was sharing her room at the Cecil with her boyfriend, Ben Levine, a 38-year-old j- shoe salesman. Dorothy, who was unaware she was pregnant, went into labour. Oh. She obviously didn't want to disrupt her boyfriend as he was still asleep, so she went into the bathroom and gave birth to a baby boy. <laughs>
1: Oh, don't wake up. It's fine. I'll just sort it out.
0: I like to imagine that she's like in the bathroom. Labour is painful, right? As far as I'm aware.
1: So she's just going to have shut the door. So
0: she's like quietly got up. She's snuck out. She's put her slippers on. She's gone into the bathroom, shut the door. And then screamed in pain <laughs> because she's
1: literally in labour. Maybe it was an incredibly
0: quick labour. Yeah, I mean, I guess. She thought the baby was stillborn. So she threw it out of the window.
1: What? Wait. Even if it was, that's surely not the best way of...
0: Well, I guess she didn't want her boyfriend to know.
1: Isn't he going to wake up and be like, where's the baby?
0: Well, no, because she didn't know she was pregnant.
1: Oh, yeah, so he didn't... Oh. That's even crazier. I didn't even think about that, so... What if he woke up because he had to pee and he went into the bathroom and she was just giving birth? Well, he didn't. (laughs) Luckily for her, I guess. That's crazy. Okay, anyway, sorry, baby out the window?
0: Yeah. She was charged with murder because the baby... Oh, this is really rough. I'm really sorry. When she threw it out the window, it landed on a roof of an adjacent building. So then they found the baby and they were like, what the fuck?
1: What? Understandably, why is there a baby here?
0: Yeah. Uh, she. Yeah, she was charged with murder. Three psychiatrists, who were then known as alienists, because the word psychiatrist or psychologist didn't exist, so three alienists testified that she was mentally confused at the time of the incident. So in January 1945, she was found not guilty due to insanity.
1: Why were they called alienists? Were they aliens? You know, I honestly don't
0: know. I feel like that's something that I should know, but yeah, I just know that that's what they were called, so. Fair enough. Sorry about it.
1: Sorry about it. Sorry about,
0: (laughs) sorry not sorry, do your own research. (laughs) The Cecil is also connected to the Black Dahlia case. I will be talking about this in another episode, but just kind of give you like a brief overview of what it is and how the Cecil is connected. The Black Dahlia is a murder victim who had a hemicorporectomy performed on her. I think her name is Elizabeth Short, but she's known as the Black Dahlia in the press. So a hemicorporectomy is when the body below the waist is amputated. Okay. Yeah. So they basically... It said um, that the guy that found her thought it was a discarded store mannequin because it was just in half. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Pretty fucking rough. It is a very interesting and mysterious story, though.
0: From here, she was posed and mutilated more than she already had been. She was reportedly seen in the Cecil's bar in the days shortly before her murder in January 1947. The information is disputed, so no one really knows whether she was in the Cecil or whether they just were like, ''She was there! It's a creepy hotel!''
1: Yeah, that definitely could happen. Yeah. Weird things happen here. It's probably that.
0: Yeah, right. Um, But the case is still unsolved. Like I say, I'll mention it later. Later on in 1947, Robert Smith, who was 35, died when he jumped from the seventh floor window in the Cecil. The next death is similar to that. On October 22nd, 1954, Helen Gurney, a 55-year-old stationary firm employee, also jumped from a seventh floor window. Julia Francis Moore changed it up a bit on February 11th.
1: Changed it up a bit. Yeah.
0: 1962, when she jumped from the 8th floor. Getting even higher, on October 12, 1962, Pauline Otten, who was 27, jumped from the ninth floor after having argued with her husband, Dewey. He left before her suicide. And when she jumped, she landed on George Giannini, a 65-year-old pedestrian.
1: That's rough, man.
0: This killed them both immediately.
1: You'd be putting bars on the windows, wouldn't you?
0: Yeah. Yeah. They thought that George had jumped with her. Because obviously you would, wouldn't you, if you saw two dead people on the pavement. Yeah. But they later found that his hands were still in his pockets and that he still had his shoes on and they were like, his shoes probably would have fallen off when he jumped. So
1: That's so sad. I mean, obviously it's sad for all of them, but at least they would. Were- It was their aim, you know what I mean? It wasn't just a horrible accident.
0: Yeah, like they had sort of taken the step, whereas he just was in the wrong place at the wrong time. Yeah. I believe that um, Pauline is the character that Sarah Paulson's character is based off in American Horror Story Hotel, so season five. Wouldn't be a surprise because Ryan Murphy took great inspiration from the Hotel Cecil for that season. Yeah. It wasn't just suicides at the Cecil, though. In 1964, June 4th, a hotel worker found a local pigeon woman, Goldie Osgood, dead in her room.
1: Pigeon woman? Yeah. Explain.
0: She's a woman that fed the birds every day.
1: Oh, right. So everyone was just like, that's the pigeon woman.
0: Yeah, they called her Pigeon Goldie.
1: I would love to be that.
0: <laughs> I was thinking that. I mean, obviously not her because she was murdered.
1: Oh, yeah. I mean, I want people in the town to think that of me as the pigeon woman.
0: <laughs> yeah. She had been raped, stabbed, and beaten. Everything in her room had been ransacked. All that was by her was a Dodgers cap that she wore every day and a sack of bird seed. Just hours after, Jacques B. Eilinger, a 27-year-old, was walking through Pershing Square in blood-soaked clothing. Highly suspicious. He was arrested and charged, but cleared of her crime. Goldie's murder is still unsolved.
1: Why was he cleared? Don't know. Seems fishy
0: to me. Just to anger you. Yeah, right. (laughs) Back to the suicides. On December 20th... Good God. 1975, a Jane Doe threw herself from her 12th floor window onto the Cecil's second floor roof. She had checked in four days prior under the name Alison Lowell, yet that's not believed to be her real name. I'm not 100% sure why, so. The Cecil has also been linked to one other, well actually two other giant murder investigations. Richard Ramirez, who we'll talk about in another episode, aka The Night Stalker, stayed at the Cecil for some time during 1985. He is well known for racking up 13 counts of murder, 5 counts of attempted murder, 11 counts of sexual assault, and 14 counts of burglary.
1: Busy guy?
0: Yeah. He's not the only serial killer to call Cecil his home, though, as in 1991, Johann Unterweger stayed here. He was an Austrian serial killer, who again murdered 13 people. Supposedly three of these victims were killed while he was staying at the Hotel Cecil for five weeks. He was also known to be, like, kind of a copycat killer. Like, he took a lot of inspiration from the Night Stalker. So I guess that explains why he also stayed here, if he knew that Richard did as well.
1: Understandable. It's strange that this all happens in one hotel. I'm sure we'll talk about this more at the end, but, Yeah, like, it's crazy, I know. Why here?
0: It's impossible to know. One year after Unterverges stayed, so 1992 a man was found dead in the alley that runs behind the hotel. Authorities think he fell from the 15th floor of the Cecil, although they don't know if it was an accident, a suicide, or a murder. They also don't know his exact age, it's thought to be between 20 and 32 years, and they didn't know his name, as he had no form of identification on him. Then things went quiet for a while, until 2013, when on February 19th, the naked body of Eliza Lamb a 21 year old Canadian student was found dead inside one of the water supply tanks of Cecil's roof. She was found because guests had complained of low water pressure and funny tasting water.
1: I hate this story. I think this is the story, thinking about it, that got me into mysterious crimes and unsolved things. Uh? Because I remember finding this on YouTube, like right when it was happening, and being like, whoa. Yeah. It's crazy. It is very mysterious and really gross.
0: It's thought she was in the tank for around two weeks before she was found.
1: What I hate as well is that the only reason
0: that they checked is because it was funny tasting water. And it supplied water to the hotel, the bar and a coffee shop.
1: That's so disgusting yeah. I can't even like wrap my head around how gross that is and I'm like, obviously sad but really grim
0: I don't know if it's a fake story or not but some people were like yeah when we stayed in the hotel and we turned the tap on it was like black sludge so we had to wait for that to run through and then it was water but it still tasted weird ew yep so yeah even though it was impossible to get to the roof as there was a locked personnel only door that would have triggered an alarm if she'd tried it Police ruled it as an accidental drowning. Just a few days before her body was found, there was footage of her in the elevator, which went viral. So that's how I knew it, because I'd seen that.
1: Me too. Bonk.
0: (laughs) (sighs) Just, (laughs) yeah, um... What was I going to say? In the footage, you could see that she was frantically pushing buttons and talking to someone that was never seen by the camera. And she keeps getting in and out of the lift, and it's all just—it's
1: like she's hiding from someone, isn't it?
0: Well, kind of. Yeah, at first, like she she gets in the lift, she presses the buttons, and like it, there's just a whole bunch of buttons that she presses, and then she puts herself in the very corner of the lift as if she's hiding, and then she like peers out, and then she gets out and gets back in. And gets out. It looks like she's having a bit of a chat. It It's all very, um...
1: It's very odd.
0: Yeah. I think she was murdered, and the murderer worked at the hotel, so knew how to avoid the cameras. As well as knowing that Eliza could use the fire escape to get up to the roof without the alarm going off. This would also explain how she got into the water tank in the first place, because there's a very heavy lid on top, which would be hard to recover from the inside. Possibly. So, obviously, that it's not known because it's unsolved. But another theory is that Eliza was playing the elevator game. Do you know what this is?
1: That's what I heard. Explain the elevator game, okay. anyways.
0: So, this is a game from Korea and it's supposed to lead you into a different kind of dimension. Here's how you do it. Apparently, in order for it to work, you have to be in a 10 plus story building and be the only one in the elevator. Step one, get on the elevator in the first floor. Step two, press four. And when you reach the fourth floor, don't get out and press two. Step three, when you reach the second floor, press six and still don't get out. Step four, when you reach the sixth floor, again, don't get out and press two. Step five, when you reach the second floor, press 10 and stay inside. And then step six, when you reach the 10th floor, press five. Step seven is when you reach the fifth floor, a girl will come in. She's not human. Don't talk to her or look at her because if you do, she will take you away. Step eight, press one. If the elevator starts going up to the 10th floor instead of the first floor, you've succeeded. You've reached another world where there's nobody but you. Step nine, if you get off at the 10th floor, the girl will ask you where you're going, but you shouldn't answer. Is that what you'd heard?
1: Yeah. How do you get back?
0: There was a little step, like a little list on how to do it, but I was like, Abby won't ask, so I won't look.
1: (laughs) This always happens. Yeah.
0: People that have claimed they've done this before and it worked say that it looks the same as normal, but the lights are off and there's a red cross in the distance. You're the only living thing in that world. Electronics like phones, cameras, etc. don't work which could explain why Eliza Lam's phone has still not been found to this day.
1: Oh, that's interesting.
0: However, I do have an issue with the elevator game being an explanation for what could have happened.
1: Did you track the buttons she was pressing?
0: Yeah. First of all, I've watched the footage, and in all the time that Eliza is in the elevator, the doors do not shut once.
1: Oh yeah, they don't, do they?
0: They shut three times when she goes out. So, like, they shut open, shut open, shut open. But in all the time that she's... Which I find really weird.
1: I was going to say, I was going to just wait till you were done to discuss my ideas, but it is odd that the that the, the lift behaves in a really strange way.
0: Yeah, because she has pushed buttons. It, it doesn't do anything. Go up.
1: It's just the doors close. I think that's probably the weirdest part for me. I mean, obviously, everything is weird, but you can kind of... You can explain different parts of it. Yeah. But you can't explain the whole thing. yeah. It was really weird. That's definitely probably the, the strangest bit.
0: Also, looking at the pattern she pressed on the buttons, I
1: know that the Cecil has 19 floors.
0: So, looking at what she pressed, she pressed the 18th, 15th, 12th, and 9th floor button.
1: Is this what you were doing when you were drawing Yeah.
0: On- <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I had to draw it out because I saw that she just pushed the middle buttons from the top going down like four or five. So I was like, would that have been the buttons? So obviously none of the ones that are needed for the elevator game were pushed and i also don't think she started on the on the first floor so okay i have some issues with that other people have blamed it on her mental health conditions she was on i think four medications some for depression some for bipolar disorder however i don't think that's a good enough explanation for how she got onto the roof into a 100 uh, into a 1000 gallon water tank and put the lid on and let herself drown in there especially since she'd been buying souvenirs for her family earlier on that day. as in on, really sad. On the day she went missing. And the shopkeeper said she was bubbly, bright, and seemed very normal. So I feel like if you're going to have a massive psychotic break, there would be some warning signs. Probably. In terms of warning signs, though, to be fair, she was originally sharing a room with others, but they'd asked for her to be moved because she was freaking them out a bit interesting
1: so, does that happen if you have those mental health issues um, everybody i know who suffers from from those kind of issues doesn't have i mean a- i
0: don't know because i don't know the medication that she was on it could have caused something true she might have had a hallucination or something or she might have um you know been uh what's the word when you're like paranoid she could have been paranoid okay and you know i I just don't know
1: thank you psychology kate
0: (laughs) finally the most recent death at the cecil hotel is that of a 28 year old man on june 13th 2015 the cause of death wasn't determined at the time but many believed he had jumped from the hotel as many others had done before it would not be a strange occurrence obviously I would mean that the Cecil Hotel still lives up to its name, the Suicide Hotel.
1: But why?
0: I don't know. Well, one of the things that was said was where it is next to Skid Row, and, you know, it's not a huge tourist hotspot and stuff, the type of people that you get in there may just be, like, down on their luck. You know, they don't want to do it anymore. They're just depressed and they know that they can kill themselves there which is horrible but it would explain it
1: yeah i was kind of thinking that if, if that's the the area it's in people might just be wanting to do it and i guess it as horrible as it is it's probably easy to book a hotel you know go in, get a, a room on a high floor oh yeah especially if you're you know, broke or, or homeless or whatever.
0: Yeah, well, I don't think it's a particularly expensive hotel, so...
1: Yeah. As for um, that girl, Eliza, did you uh-huh. say her name was?
0: Yeah. Well, it's E-L-I-S-A, so I don't know if I'm saying that 100% right, but there's a million ways to say it.
1: Yeah. I don't know about that. That has always freaked me out because, yes, it could have been a person... But why was the lift like that? Well, I was thinking maybe the person wasn't
0: outside the lift. Maybe she was like talking in frustration and like he was in the control room and he stopped the lift.
1: And came down to sort of do what? To kill her? Yeah. But would you be freaking out like that if the lift just stopped working? Surely you'd just be like, oh, the lift isn't working, rather than running around. Yeah, but and I mean, like hiding. maybe she
0: knew that someone was after her already.
1: Oh, okay. And
0: she was like, you know, bargaining or like very frustrated that the lift wasn't moving because it was her way out or something.
1: Someone must have been involved because 100%. It's just how would she get in the water? How would she get to the roof? You know, I always kind of, I like to, to think about the other options and like incorporate supernatural options, but I'm not sure for this one. I've heard people say that maybe she was like possessed or something, but I still don't get how her physical body would end up on the roof unless a person helped her. I mean, she looked normal in the in the video. She just looked like a scared young woman,
0: which was horrible, but...
1: Yeah, she must have seen something or known something. I mean, it's possible that she
0: was just very paranoid or she was just, like, sleepwalking or something. And then, like, you know when your body has fight or flight, you're just able to do crazy things. It's like, you know, the mums that have, like, lifted up cars and stuff. Yeah, Maybe she was just in that kind of zone and she just lifted up and put herself in there and then couldn't get back out. But why? And why was the lift like that? I don't know. So many questions. Maybe the lift didn't actually... Like, maybe the lift doesn't function after a certain amount of time. Because I don't know what time it was that she was doing that. So maybe, like, the lifts don't work at, like, 3am. Because they just don't, you know.
1: That seems kind of silly, though. For a hotel. I've never tried, (laughs) like, a budget hotel's lift at 3am, to be honest. Fair enough. (laughs) It seems odd that they would clock off the lifts, but sure. I guess some hotels do, like, have, like, a curfew, don't they?
0: Yeah, exactly. Like, you can't come in the main entrance from 12, and, like, the lifts stop at 1, you know?
1: But then why would she have got in it in the first place?
0: Desperation.
1: From what? You think she was escaping someone? Is that, is I that think she was definitely for?
0: scared because she was 100% scared. Yeah. I don't know whether it was a person, whether it was a supernatural thing, whether she was just paranoid. but She could have been having like a hallucination. She could have been asleep. There's so many things that it could have been, but she was definitely scared.
1: Yeah. It is very interesting. I could think about it forever, but I'll never come up with a solution. Yeah. It's been years. <laughs> I have no idea.
0: I know. I couldn't believe it had been so long. It feels like just a couple years ago that that happened but 2013
1: like I feel like 2013 was about two weeks ago though yeah every year before that I don't remember but 2013 feels like it was yesterday I know it's crazy but yeah so now you know about the hotel thank you for that I'm excited for you to talk about the other stories you mentioned as well
0: yeah they won't be like the next month for sure because we've already lined up what we're doing but I will definitely mention them nice one Anything else you have to say? Fab. Well, don't listen before bed then, kids. Listen before bed.
1: Kids? <laughs> yeah?